just your reminder to subscribe. Thank you, friends. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Asking for a Friend, the podcast where we ask and answer the big and small questions in life. I'm your host, Elena, and on today's episode, it is all about music so far. This is not a drill. Taylor is releasing a new album. SZA doesn't make music for cancers, and Kat Janis is topping the charts, raising money for her son after being diagnosed with cancer. And I am joined today by TikTok creator Andre Berkhoff. Have you thought about doing your own thing instead of working for someone? Is Gen Z really lazy? And how do you decide what to do with your life? But before we do all of that, let's get into our first segment. Have you heard that? Oh, you guys, I can already tell this episode is going to be quite the emotional one. But I want to start out. First of all, welcome back. Welcome back to episode number 15. I mean, this is, it's still, I know I say this every episode, but it's still really wild that we have made it so far. Um, I'm also very, I feel like I'm emotional today because yesterday, so again, we record this earlier. Yesterday I celebrated my birthday and it was just really, really, really wonderful. And I had the best time and I really caught myself thinking, how do I how do I deserve to live this life? How do I live? How am I living this life right now? Because I have incredible people around me. I had such a fun day. I I get reminded every single day that I have built this, I have built this life and I am living this. And it's just, yeah, I could get, see, I can already get emotional about it. But, um, yeah. Okay. Enough about that. Uh, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. How do we feel about Valentine's Day? I was thinking of making this episode part Valentine's Day kind of inspired. And then I was like, you know what? No, we have bigger things to do. I'm, I'm just one, one thing to Valentine's Day. I am not opposed to it. I'm also not a fan. The thing is, do I think Valentine's Day was created by Hallmark to sell cards and overpriced chocolates basically was it all a ploy of chocolate manufacturers don't and don't come at me with like the history of valentine's day like it's all lighthearted here okay this is just my opinion literally when you listen to this podcast you know that a lot of this is just my opinion it's my opinion if you know that meme <laughs> just have that in my it's yeah it's the best i'm rambling again i'm trying to make these intros a little more concise also if my voice sounds different today Yes, we went out for my birthday yesterday and there was a lot of singing, a lot of talking involved. It was the best thing ever. So my voice might sound a little more hoarse <laughs> and deep today, but we're working with it. But so Valentine's Day, my take on Valentine's Day. Hey, here comes the unpopular opinion. I think it was all a very good ploy by Hallmark. So for cards and chocolates and flowers because it's a billion dollar industry basically at this point. And do I think that you could give your partner, male or female, men don't get enough flowers. That's why I'm like, I'm urging you right here. If you have men in your life and you want to give them something for Valentine's Day or just in general, give them flowers. For some men, I read this somewhere. Some men receive their first flowers at their funeral. That is sad. That is really, really, really sad. So let's give men more flowers. And also let's give women more flowers because everyone could need, need more flowers in their life. 
So that is my take. My take is Valentine's Day, a little bit overrated. You can get the person you really admire, you love, you have in your life, your partner, your friends. You can give them flowers and chocolate and cards. You should give them to them on a random Tuesday. Do we need a day for that? I don't think so. Anyways, if you're celebrating Valentine's Day, hello, lovebirds. I hope you have a wonderful day tomorrow. And that's it on that. Because I promised in the intro, today is going to be about music. And we have a couple of topics to get through when it comes to music. And I want to start out lighthearted. The first thing, everyone has heard about it by now, but Taylor Swift announced at the Grammys that she is releasing a new album. We thought we were getting Reputation Taylor's version. I was I was set on that. I have a snake tattoo. It was like, I'm prepared. I did not get that because of Taylor Swift. I got that because I like it. But we were so prepared. We were like, okay, she's going to announce reputation. Everything has kind of been hinting towards it. She turned her profile picture black and white. And so did Travis Kelsey and Blake Lively. So all of her inner circle turned their profile pictures black and white. And then she gave us the announcement that she is releasing her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, at her fourth album of the year Grammy win. That is literally, she made history with that. She made history as the first and only artist to have won four album of the year Grammys. And in my opinion, well-deserved. She is a great person. And there were people, critics said her timing was inappropriate, to which she said... I had this plan in my head and I told my friends, I told Jack Antonoff, so her producer, but I hadn't really told many other people. And I thought, okay, so if I'm lucky enough to win one thing tonight, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to announce my new album. And she also, after that says, my backup plan is I was going to do it tonight in Tokyo. Swift revealed before directly addressing the haters. So it's like people sometimes say like, why does she do so many albums? Why does she make so many albums? And she literally just said, I love it. I love it so much. I'm having fun. Leave me alone. And that's on period. That's on that. I'm going to leave that here because let Blondie do what she wants to do. We get another insane album. I am here for it. I'm not mad at it. Coming from this, so from her Grammy wins, from we getting a new Taylor album. So no one speak to me on April 19th when she's releasing it. But another thing that came across my timeline on TikTok is that Scissor, in a recent interview with Apple Music, was asked to categorize her songs in the astrology sign. So basically she said, I'm doing my astrology things, so we're going to do my songs, but in astrology form. So she began with Capricorn and said, the driest song that I have would be for Capricorn, so it's Nobody Gets Me. Aquarius got Ghost in the Machine, which is such an Aquarius song. And when she was asked about cancer, she she's a queen for saying that she said like i don't make music for cancers respectfully and i'm just the first thought of mine was my poor cancers i'm a cancer rising so i was like i felt bad for my fellow like cancers but then again i thought sister who hurt you who hurt you girl like she had a song for literally every other zodiac sign but not for cancers and i best best believe like, I know my cancer girl, SZA makes music for water signs and you cannot tell me any different. So it has to do with a man who hurt her. And if that is the case, good on you, girl. We don't, don't make music for cancer men. That's it. That's basically it. And that's, it, I mean, it's piggybacking off of our last episode with Tyler, which if you haven't listened to it yet, you should, because we're sharing who we would not date 
in the zodiac sign form. I'm not going to spoil this now. I'm not going to, not going to spoil this now. And in our third story, in Have You Heard That, it's taking a little bit of, a little bit of a more sad turn. And it's also, it's quite unfortunate that scissors not making music for cancers brings me to my next story. And that's what I meant with it's getting quite emotional. If you haven't heard of Kat Janice, if you haven't been on that side of TikTok, so she is a DC-based singer-songwriter and was first diagnosed with cancer in 2021. So it was confirmed that the lump in her neck that she noticed was sarcoma. And so despite being declared cancer-free in 2022, the tumor came back, the cancer returned. And in January 2024, so this year, she posted that the tumors basically tripled overnight and left her unable to speak, let alone sing. And she had to be, she had to be put into hospice care. Um, this, uh, yeah, you can, you can tell I'm getting quite emotional about it because, um, my uncle was in hospice last year and I, when I read her story, it just made me, it made me have flashbacks of seeing him there and, um, Kat Janice, I'm sorry, I'm just, I have to, I have to (sighs) find my footing for a second. Um, but basically, knowing she didn't have much time left, um, Janice has a seven-year-old son. And she said that she wanted to leave behind one more song for her seven-year-old son, Lauren, so that he could collect the proceeds so she, that she can basically leave something behind, leave money behind to be that she that basically he is cared for. And that song has that in itself is it's it's so sad. Just imagine you losing your mom and at such a young age because she is also she's so young and um she's been going viral on TikTok and asked people to pre-save the song and it has become such a hit. It topped the chart. So at one point it was um charting at number one in the world charts um on Apple um Apple iTunes. And number one in multiple countries, there were dozens, hundreds, thousands of creators who used the song to blow this TikTok up, to blow this song up. And, and they shared stories about their own, their own history with cancer. One girl wrote, I was once a seven-year-old who lost their mom to cancer, dancing to spread this song. And it's clear that people aren't only sharing this song out of charity and to be able to support Kat Janice, but also because the song is really good. So if I can, if you take one thing away from this podcast episode, please follow Kat Janice. Janice, oh, I have to, I'm literally, I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm like, it makes me so emotional right now. I don't have, I don't think I've properly cried on this podcast before, but um, yeah. So please, 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 please. Stream the song. Just keep in mind all the proceeds will go to her seven-year-old son, Lauren. And it's such a good song. And I just want to send Kat all my energy, all my love. Being in a hospice is not easy. Knowing that you're leaving your son into this world and not being able to see him grow up. It's um it's not it's not anything you would ever want anyone to go through, let alone a mother. Um, so <laughs> I just hope 
I just hope that he's going to be fine. Yeah. This is such a hard segment to finish off um, and also to continue. Um, because it's such a... Oh, I hate it. I, I have this weird... Um, I have this weird relationship with death. On the one hand, I don't fear my own death. On the other hand, I am very scared of people in my life passing away. For example, my mom. Um, so that's when, like, really, this, this got me. And I didn't even want to cry. I wanted to report on it and be like, she's such a badass. She's doing this. And, like, look at her, like, how she's, like, how everything, everyone's coming together. And that's something that, that, that the internet is actually good for. And now I'm just sitting here sobbing. So I'm going to recuperate for a second. And then we're going to, we're going to keep on, keep on going. Um, thank God this is right now not a video podcast because my eyes are, I had, so, I had like a couple other things I wanted to talk about, but I don't think they fit in here right now. Um, but you know what? Let's segue right into that's mental because the cat story actually prompted me to think about the topic that I want to talk about on that's mental even more. And, and that is there will never be a right time. Whatever you are experiencing right now, whatever you are doing right now, and you're waiting for the right time, there is not a right time. There will never be the right time where you have enough clarity, where you, everything will work out in the perfect way that everything falls into place and you have like this aha moment. When you're waiting for this to happen, life will pass you by. And if Cat's story tells you one thing, it's like seize your day, seize your opportunities. There's never the wrong time to invest in yourself. Yes, do you sometimes need to make sure, okay, am I ready for this journey? Maybe there are still some blocks, but whatever you're thinking about right now that you're putting off because you think you're not ready, there will never be a perfect time to get into action. You have to get into action to gain clarity. You have to get into action to get one step further. Otherwise, you're just going to be treading you, the same ground you've been treading for months, maybe for years. And before you know it, your life is over. And we don't know. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know when our life is over. We could be, by, like for all intents and purposes, we could be run over by a bus tomorrow. And yeah, if you're thinking like, Elena, how many times has that happened? Regina George, not to quote mean girls here, but you never know. People have, I have lost friends in my life for no apparent reason. Friends who just literally, even though they were the healthiest people I knew, they just died. I didn't want this episode to be so much about death, but I feel like we need to talk about it more. It's we don't know what we have tomorrow. And that shouldn't make you scared. That should make you feel hopeful. That should make you feel hopeful to go out there and do what you want to do. We don't get a second chance at life. At least not in this life. I do believe in incarnation, reincarnation, but because energy doesn't go away. But in this lifetime, you don't have a second chance. You have this life. So why not make it what we want to do? Why not make it the best life we could possibly make it? And fear, living in fear the whole time, fear of what might happen, 
Fear of what if something doesn't happen? Fear of what if other people don't like it and will laugh about it? That affects exactly one person and that's you. Why would you let why would you let yourself be held back by your fears? Why would you give up on your hopes and dreams out of fear? Because if the fear is holding you back and you're afraid that you're going to be disappointed, if you don't start at all, that's instant disappointment of yourself, not from anyone else, but you deserve to give yourself a chance. You deserve to give yourself a chance and investing in yourself and seeing if there's something out there that is better than what you have right now. That if there's something out there that lets you live the life that you know you want, but are too afraid because what if it might not happen? What if it does? And you deserve to find out. Okay, I'm going to end this intro here because I want to get into the conversation with my guest for today. I have a wonderful guest and without further ado, let's get into that. All right, everyone, my guest for today, as a Gen Z herself, she uses her platform to report on the current state of society from workplace standards for Gen Z and millennials to pop culture, dating and politics. She's a dry and witty voice of reason with currently 135,000 followers and over 12.8 million likes on TikTok. Welcome to Asking for a Friend, Andra Berkov. Oh my gosh, is it, that's the best is it intro. By the way, it's Andra. Is it by the way, it's Andra. Okay, wait, then let me do this again because that's one more thing I wanted to ask. Is it Andra or Andra? It's Andra. I get that a lot. I just live with it at this point. No one ever knows and I just respond to whatever. You're like, yeah, that's fine. That, that's my name yeah. now. There is like a vague story behind it. It was supposed to be Andra. Um and so that's what my grandmother always called me. But my dad was like, no one's ever going to say that. Everyone's because Andrea is popular in the US. Everyone's going to think it's Andra. So they agreed, like, we'll just call her Andra. No one's ever once thought it was Andra. And I was like, you guys really, you did me in for life. You really did. <laughs> and literally, like, the first, from the first moment I read your name, I was like, yeah, Andra. Uh, Andra. Like, I literally always had thought, like, Andra. So, and now it's Andra. But I think we're leaving this in. Yeah. I think this is, this, this is That's like the backstory that I will respond to either because technically they are both true on paper. Um, I love that. <laughs> and also, do you have a German, like, heritage? Because the name Berghoff, it's like, it's um, very German. Oh, funny enough, we come from the Norwegian branch of Berghoffs, um, where that regard is, because there is... But my grandmother, I believe, was 100% German, but it is my grandfather's last name, and he was Norwegian. Oh, okay. That, because when, obviously, like, I'm from Germany, like, my last name, Reudenbach, is also very, very German. Like, no one would guess that I'm anywhere else but from Germany. But, yeah, no, that, that's, I thought, was really interesting, because there are a lot of people with kind of like German adjacent last names in the US. And I also, fun fact, I did live in the US for a year. I was in Connecticut. Oh, nice. I think it's really funny. A lot of my videos will trend like really heavily in Europe, specifically in like German and then like Norway and Sweden and whatnot. And I didn't realize that at first when I used to like live stream on TikTok, I would get a lot of comments yeah. of people going, wow, your English is like really good. It's a, it's really impressive. And I was like so confused. I was like, why do people think that like, right? Like I, I just look at myself. I'm like, I'm very clearly like utterly American. Um, 
and I wouldn't say that. And people but were also- like, you're so good at speaking English. And I was so confused. And then eventually I went to look at analytics. I'm like, somewhere in the TikTok algorithm, like they think that I am German and they're sending me straight to Germany for some reason. And people are like consuming it as if I am also German and not thinking like a second about the fact that I also like don't sound at all German. You don't, not one single yeah. bit. Also, I think it's like, you really like what you're speaking English so well. Yeah, might be because I grew up in the US since I was like zero. But like that's, but that makes sense. Like the algorithm is weird like that. Absolutely. Before we get further into you as a person, because I have a lot of questions before we dive into our topic. Um, Andra, who is your celebrity hall pass? I had to think a lot about this because growing up, I never really had celebrity crushes. I don't know why, but there were like a few here and there. And the one that stood out to me, I made a video on recently, actually. I saw it. Because <laughs> like my, it doesn't make any sense. My first celebrity crush was like Kira Knightley. And you didn't, you don't realize it when you're younger, especially when you're like a queer woman you're like I just think this woman is cool but I'm also utterly obsessed with her and like I want to be her best friend like no you were in love with her um the whole time um but the first one that really hit me like a truck was for some reason Austin Butler when he appeared on Nickelodeon like pre-glow up almost like he looked like every other boy. I don't know why I have no answers. I would love answers and I just need to like block all content from him. So I don't see him. I feel like I had such, I had such a laugh when I saw that video of yours and I was like, but I get it. You know why? I think, I think I know why that is because first of all, you were younger. Um, Second of all, when I think of my crushes, when I was like in my teens, utterly unhinged and they really represented what was in at the time like you know the emo boys with like the the yes. side and okay yeah I think everyone oh. went through like a Brendan Yuri whatever phase that we don't want to talk about because like yeah yeah <laughs> it's like starting years in Panic at the Disco where yeah. he like yeah, yeah and and also on the topic of and this of Kira Knightley it's I talked about this to my roommates last night. Um, we talked about the fact that sometimes you can get like kind of like by curious and you don't even know it when you're younger. Yeah. And then you're like, do I want to be with her or do I want to be her? And this is like the conversation. And we're like, we were talking about it. We was like, yeah, like when we were younger, of course, there were like there were women or like actresses and singers. And we're like, do we like I want to be like her. She's like so cool. The same you said with Kira Knightley. That was exactly the topic that we had yesterday. And it was, yeah, it's true. I think that was definitely my journey because there were like several other, I think Bella Thorne was a big one. I started like trying to dress like her and be like when she was on Shake It Up, Bella Thorne and Zendaya, like my best friend and I wanted to be exactly like them. But now looking in hindsight, my best friend who's like married to a man with children, very or my old best friend, I should say, I guess, but like very, we go through that all of us, but like hers is very, just like, I appreciate this girl. I think she's cool. And mine was very much so like more than that. Cause I was like, I need to dress like her and be like her. And I was like, no, you just like, you liked her. Like, yeah. You're like, I, I can, I can totally own up to this now. I liked her. Yeah. By the way, speaking of dressing, you are very much dressed for Valentine's Day. Is that on purpose? Are you a I big f- fan of Valentine's Day? Okay, I'm just like I'm not like a big holiday person necessarily, but I like have really leaned into like mm, the pink fat. I think 
I, I have been like in my college years, I tried to really embrace being more like feminine and whatnot. Cause I think we all grow up with a lot of internalized misogyny throughout high school, Fact. especially Absolutely. like with the whole Tumblr and like the hipster phase we all went through and like a skateboarding Tumblr and whatever, and trying to be like one of the boys. Wait, one, one question. What, what, what year were you born? I was born in 98. Okay, so we're not that far apart. Yeah. I'm 92. But like, yeah. so because I was wondering, I was like, wait, Tumblr, you guys still like, because I know I, I had a Fitzbo Tumblr for. Oh, God, no. I think we all <laughs> did for a moment. moment. It was not, not, it's all been erased. No. Uh, no. I left some up out of shame. I was like, this needs to be. Sometimes I like yeah. to shame myself with my digital footprint. I'm like, we need to acknowledge that this happened. Um, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's my space for me because, um, I've, and I feel like, have you heard about this thing where um, I don't know which social media platform wants to bring it back, but in the MySpace era, you could put like your top 10 friends and you can you can rotate between like, who wants to bring that back? I read that I somewhere. I so badly, I so badly more than anything want to bring Snapchat's best friend list back because that is how I found out my first boyfriend in high school was cheating on me. And I think that is just like, it was iconic in the moment. Like, <laughs> And the fact that you just knew, you knew everyone's business. I, I need to know. I need to know who's sleeping with who. Oh my God. That's, that's see, I'm quite, I never really got into Snapchat. It was kind of like, I think I'm, I'm a little, a couple of years to like past that. Like it was like, it was not my prime. So I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't have that, but we did have a social media platform in Germany when I was in high school and it was, it was just a German thing. And on there that was I experienced my first online bullying on there like oh, on, yeah. on my like that was targeted towards me and I'm so glad something like Snapchat didn't exist back then because I was like that that was that was absolutely unhinged and I cannot imagine how it is for teens nowadays growing up with like mostly being online yeah I worry about it a lot I nannied a lot growing up but um most of that was like younger kids but I do have like little cousins that are like at the very younger end of gen z almost like gen alpha like they're in middle school high school now so they're kind of yeah. like seeing that is just a little concerning like it just seems it like it's so much worse than when we were in school and i know every generation has that thought but i do genuinely think it's been getting worse as the years go yeah. on and there is yeah. like i don't know what you do about that but it's not no. great no and i don't I'm like, sometimes I'm like, will we ever find a reason for that? And I'm just like, I will probably not be the person to find a solution for that problem. But uh, speaking of social media, I wanted to ask you about your handle on TikTok. Where does, um, hope you find your dad come from? I'm not sure the legalities around disclosing where I got that from are, but okay. um, there, I think you can guess. Uh, there are some other connotations behind it. Um that have led me to that. First of all, again, that original boyfriend in high school was obsessed with the film. And so I got the sweatshirt that said that on it. And yeah. I wore that a lot because um, we just thought it was funny. Also, my dad is dead. So that was just like a joke that we would constantly like we would constantly throw at each other. And like when I would leave the room, like my friends would like yell that at me sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is really morbid. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then another reason, oh, another reason I used it was because I used to. Well, I still do. I play video games every single day, and yeah. I originally started out by trying to stream, which was a nightmare in itself for a different day. 
Um, but like the most common, like hate speech comment, whatever from boys you get all the time is like, Oh, she's like fatherless. Uh, besides like getting back in the kitchen, just like, where's your dad? I'd be like, he, I don't know. Like, I don't, you go find him. And I'd love to know. Uh, that is the best, the best way to retaliate against that. It's just like taking the wind out of people's sails and be like, so what? Yeah. What? Yeah. So I I used to get those comments a lot on TikTok and stuff. I'm like, read the username. I don't know. Like, do you know how to read? Like, it's like, excuse me, you cannot be here if you're not smart. Yeah, um, reading comprehension. You. It's right in front of you, babe. Yes. I'm so curious. Do you speed them up or do you actually talk that fast in the videos? On Instagram, I speed them up for sure, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people will get mad about that. They're like, why do you talk so fast? I'm like, I don't know. I why do you it. think so slow? Um, no, like, I, no, I love it because people, people say the same thing about me all of the time. My mom, one of her catchphrases when I was younger, she would always be like, Elena, talk slowly. And I'm like, mm, it's not my fault. You cannot think as fast. I'm sorry. So I love it. The reason my videos, I, if you notice, like I have a lot of cut editing in my videos. Yes. So a lot of times I'll like kind of roughly script it out or think about what I'm going to say and then I'll film it. I stutter a lot when I'm filming, especially at that speed. Like, yeah, it's just inevitable. So I have to like cut, delete, re-record. So I, that's why I do it in like couple second strips of like, just get these two sentences out, go to the next few sentences and it just yeah. makes life easier and it's super fast. But also second, uh, second question, what is an unpopular opinion that you have? I had to think really hard about it. I didn't come up with a solid answer exactly. Cause I don't, it's, it's like an objectively hard question because like any opinion you hold, you're going to believe that other people believe it as well. You know, yeah. like if I have an opinion that I believe is super unpopular, like I'm the kind of person who will research and readjust my viewpoint because like mm-hmm. I'm probably objectively wrong and should like reconsider my stance on that. To be clear, before I get murdered by every Swifty on the internet, I I love what Taylor's doing. This is not yeah. against her personally, but at its core, Taylor Swift like operates under like an LLC business standpoint. She is a billion dollar corporation at this point. And not more than just a person, which is impressive and amazing. Yeah. Wonderful for her. Um, however, we need to start holding her and other people of her stature. Like we have, we have been doing this to the Kardashians a bit to the same, yeah. uh, the same standards we would hold like Taco Bell is like the business is the same size. I think roughly, don't quote me on that. I think it's, I, I did a video recently on Taco <laughs> Bell. And I think it's medium right now. Size. Yeah. <laughs> It's roughly the same size as Taylor Swift. And like if Taco Bell's CEO was out there like doing some of the same stuff that she is, like taking 20 minute flights all the time, like we would be boycotting Taco Bell. I'm not saying we should boycott Taylor Swift. That's not always like the quickest, easiest solution to things. But it is like something we should objectively be addressing because like that is concerning. And also... I don't know if you've seen in the last two days, the kid who's been tracking Taylor Swift's flights. Have you seen what's going on with that in the news? Okay, I need to talk about this because this is my new hyperfixation. So there's a kid who tracks billionaires, like private jets and plane trips and all that, like all sorts of stature. Like he, he tracks multiple people and he used to like tweet it out on Twitter. But one person he's taken particular interest in recently, of course, is Taylor. And I think he might be the main kid who like originally brought to light, like the concerning amount of trips. Um, 
And he posts them now like 24 hours after they happen for safety reasons, which is reasonable. Um, So Taylor Swift is suing him uh, or they're trying to sue him is allegedly is what I have seen in videos um, to keep this kid quiet because they're saying like this is stalking harassment and it's public information. Like this kid is sharing public information. And for me, it's like you could have had a lot of responses to this and the fact that you're like you're just you're just trying to silence it. You're not addressing it. You're yeah. just and it's like what it is is he's like showing like the one the flights that are like you took a 30 mile flight. You could have driven that. You yeah. took a plane for 30 miles. That's concerning. It's yeah, and I have to say so I am a Swifty, but yeah. I will not go to the lengths of not acknowledging when she does something that is absolutely not reasonable reasonable. Also, I think you mentioned, I saw that TikTok of yours. And I think you mentioned also that Taylor Swift is like, not the feminist we want her to be. Um, and I, I have to agree. I have to agree. Like love her music. I love that. She's so what she's doing, like in, in general, like for women, for example, in music, how she's supporting and everything, but the silence of that, that happens like and the same way with Beyonce, with Rihanna and all of that, like, especially when we look towards the war that's going on right now, like the silence is like deafening and it's palpable. Yeah. It's, it's really, and it's, especially with having such a mass following, of course, like, the same way people said, yeah, but influencers or creators, like they need to speak up because they have a platform. Yes and no. Like, of course, we would love to hear from those people because they have an influence. But that, that's why I get into, into this, into this kind of conflict where I'm like, is it, is it there? Like, is it there? Should they really do it just because they're celebrities or not? But yeah, I feel like the same. It's, it's, I love her music. I love what she does. I love what she stands for. I love that she's empowering women, but um, is she like a full-on feminist for everyone? Debatable. This is um, already turning out to be one of my favorite conversations because it's just like, it can, we got, we're getting from Austin Butler to TikTok to Taylor Swift. So our topic today is what if I'm not a corporate baddie? How do I navigate life? And first, Andrew, I want to ask you some either or questions. Okay. You ready? Yes. You ready for it? Okay. So working from home or working in the office? Working from home. For, you're like, duh. I was like, that, no. That's not a question. That's rhetorical. Um. <laughs> Good for me to start with that. Okay. Four day work week or 40 hour, but start whenever. That's tough. Mm. Mm, I'd honestly maybe lean towards 40 hour start whenever. Yeah. Cool. All right. Work for yourself or work for someone else? I don't have like a super strong preference on that one. I mean, I think everyone's inclined to say work for yourself, but there's a lot of like difficulties that come with that, that no one considers when making that decision. That is true. And we're definitely going to get into that. Um, Great job and lower pay or better pay, but shitty colleagues. That's tough too, because how much do I care? I don't personally care about bonding super hard with my colleagues. Yeah. I guess it depends on what you mean by like shitty. Like, Let's say you don't get along at all. Like you're always like coming to work and it's like, it's a hostile, not hostile environment, but you know, like when you come into office and you think like, yeah, just, I don't vibe with those people. 
see, I've worked at those and I've had shitty pay whilst working there. So I feel like I'd almost say higher pay. But I guess if it's an amazing environment, I'd go for lower pay. Uh, TikTok as a main gig or TikTok as a side hustle? Can I choose like a different platform? I Oh, definitely. I, I would do YouTube as a main gig for sure. They pay people so much. I would love to know how to get in on that. Okay, Andrew, thank you for that. What is your dream job? Oh, I don't dream of work. Um, that's what I always say. Like, I don't dream of work. My dream job, like, how do I get paid to, like, retire on the beach? Um, I, yeah, I think, and there's a lot to say about that, about, like, Gen Z not being, like, picky about what pays the bills at this point, because we're just all in such fight or flight mode constantly that anything yeah. that would pay the bills uh, and, like, allow leftover cash sounds just unattainable currently anyways. It's so wild. Absolutely. And then it actually goes into my next question, which is how would you describe the current job market for Gen Z or even millennials, but especially I feel like for Gen Z? Tough. <laughs> yeah. One word answer, love. Yeah, no, it's true though. Yeah. How how come? Like, well, how does this? Because I mean, I've been in the work in the job market for uh, eight years now. So, and even then, it, they expected us to have work experience with not having had a job before. So coming straight out of college, you even to get an internship, people expected you to have internships before. So it's kind of tough. Is, it, is that still the same thing? It is. And I think the wilder part of it for like that two or three year gap of people who graduated around the time I did was during like COVID, everything was shut down yeah. and like internships were limited because there was only what they had online at the time and things hadn't quite all like transferred over. So yeah. most people I know like didn't get an internship before graduating. And usually mm -hmm. after graduation, like internships are kind of closed off to people who aren't in college because there's like, I think there's legalities behind like paying you and they want to pay mm. you in student credit instead, like course credit oh, sometimes. God. So if you've graduated, it's harder to get an internship in those aspects. But then like you can't get a job because where have you interned at? Exactly. And so a lot of us like fell under that. Um, a lot of people I know. And so we all just like ended up in whatever industries we could land in. And no one ever really like has yet to pan out where they wanted to be. Yeah. And then you also have to deal with the fact that um, older generations call you lazy or call you like being hard to employ because you demand too much. Whereas I feel like it is not too much to demand that that you, there's like fair working conditions. Also, it's wild to me that there's still internships out there that pay in experience or exposure and all that. That is wild. That is absolutely wild to me. Yeah, I remember getting offered a few of those where it was just like an excessive amount of work. And I mean, I just always reply back like, I'm sorry, I don't do unpaid work. I'm like an adult who's yeah. not in college anymore either. So like, yeah. I have to figure out how to make money. Yeah. And I do, I know a couple of people that, not a couple of people, I know a lot of people who not only have one job, but they have like three jobs that they have like side hustles. And sometimes, and it, I feel like it's especially Gen Z in this because why I mentioned this, this whole like unemployable thing, because I feel like that is what's always been always being repeated in the media. It's like, yeah, Gen Z is lazy. Gen Z is hard to employ. Obviously, those are obvious narratives that we all hear. I don't pay much attention to them for a lot of reasons. Um, the main reason being like they have said this about every generation that's come through since the dawn <laughs> of time. Like this is not new. This is unoriginal. 
people get old yeah. and grouchy and they don't want things to change and young people come in and, and push for change and then the old grouchy people get mad about it. Like this, we've seen it so many mm-hmm. times over that like yeah. from like a serious standpoint, I know I make videos talking about it, but like on a serious level, like you just sound ridiculous at this point. Like it, yeah. history can only repeat itself so many times until it's like, you know, the definition of insanity is the same thing over and over again and never changing. Um so there's that. Um, but like, yeah, every generation is going to push for new change. And I think that's a good thing. And if you don't think that's a good thing, then you're stuck in the past and you're going to be left in the past. And that's embarrassing for you. But see you. See you later. I feel like I feel like it's either it's either you're stuck in the past or you're benefiting from things not changing. Yeah, I think that those are that are the two things. It's like if if you don't want change, then either it's like because you cannot deal with things moving along, or you are benefiting from things staying the same. And I think I think what newer generations and with this Gen Z, like being more mindful about their mental health, being more mindful of like, no, we don't want to live to work. We want to work to live. Like it's, it's just, it, we don't want to, as you said, like you don't dream of having a job. It's like a, a job is a means to an end. And then, but if you find something that you're good at, that you actually want to do and you, you like your job, that that is basically hitting the jackpot. If you're paid to do something that you enjoy doing and that that's not burning you out and speaking of burning you out like that is the so-called what i grew up with in entering the workplace the hustle culture and i fall under this and i i I feel so bad when i look back at my how old was i when i was i when i entered the job market i was like 23 and at 23 i was like okay i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna climb the the ladder and i would spend Andrea, this is like, even thinking about it, I spend (laughs) sometimes 16, 18 hour days on set, like working. And then even then I would just arrive early. I would be the first to arrive. There's the last to leave. And all of this, I did not dare to complain. And that's, I think that's why I'm so, that's why I'm so excited. And that's why I'm so eager to talk to Gen Z because you guys are actually saying that, no, not going to do this. Like, I'm not going to work myself into the ground. But back then, like, I had no idea how I would even approach not doing it because it was, yeah, hustle culture was all this. Do you still feel that this hustle culture theme is still a topic in, like, in the job, in the market right now? Or is mental health more important? I think that, uh, I mean, hustle culture is always going to be a thing. Like, there's always going to be, like those people who need to chill out and calm down and are like, you know, grind set, whatever. Um, and especially oh. like, yeah, don't get me started. But especially like from like older generations, cause it was just ingrained in that. But I think it just made more sense for them because there was something to grind for Gen Z. Yeah. I think, and I think this started with millennials. Um, first, you guys, as you explained, were the first to see that like, grind hustle culture no longer gets you anywhere. And you guys all got burnt out on that, learning that lesson. And and like I say, I think a lot of people don't realize that Gen Z pays attention and watches and learns from millennials. And that's why we mirror them in a lot of ways, because we've all watched that. And before even attempting to like start the hustle grind, whatever culture, or even just like dipping our toe in, like, we see it's not successful. We know it's not successful. So why would we even bother with it when we are well aware that it's not going to work out? 
Yeah. And also like the, what they now even take as benefits to get people to come to work for their, for their companies. Um, when COVID started, obviously everyone was going into, into home office and they realized like the big corporations realized, oh, people are still working. They're not just like sitting on their assets and just like wasting their time away. No, we actually gained more freedom. I find it ridiculous that now they, a lot of companies actually demanding people to come back to the office. Like it's mandatory and a field where, and I know this from, from friends of mine, from experience, I have a bunch of friends who are in tech and tech is very well paid. Oh, so tech offices and, get wild too with their random amenities. Oh my God. But like, it's, it's literally what they said is like, we now figure out like we want to work from home, but they wanted to get the good people in tech. They made it, um, they made it basically, um, attractive and saying like you can work from home and so they got all the great talent and now that they're implementing oh yeah it's like half office half home work from home all of the good tech guys and girls they're just leaving now yeah. and, and now they're like no why would i do this like this makes no sense you you got me like this you got me with like all these benefits I'm not going to do this. And they have no problem finding a new job. And I feel like this is where it also is changing, right? Yeah. I think it's funny. I interviewed for like a couple tech startups originally when I was doing internship stuff. And I got yeah. into like a couple final rounds for that um, back when I was doing tech stuff. And I thought it was funny, like the small tech startups like here in Minneapolis that are like pretty big. We have a couple big like tech startups. I thought it was really funny, like the culture at a lot of like the startup or like smaller ones where like they're just like not bullshitting like they're well aware that everyone like I remember going into an interview once where I was all dressed up right because I was just like senior in college and or for like really like corporate professional interview and the lady who was like the head of the department interviewing me turns on her camera she's sitting like crisscross applesauce on like a sofa <laughs> ottoman in a, like a track like a sweatsuit like eating a yogurt and I was like, immediately, I was like, how do I, how do I get hired here? Like, I will, like, you can pay me a dollar an hour. Like, I just, the vibes of you yeah. just like logging on to this, like final round interview, looking like you just like came back from like a sleepover. Like, yeah. it was amazing. Um, and I just love, and I think that's the vibe. And they're one of like the more successful, like tech startup things in Minneapolis like they have some stuff like based out in like California as well like which is how you know they're legit when they get in that like little tech area and I'm like yeah yes. you guys are really successful and you have like people on the cutting edge and all these young minds for a reason because like mm -hmm. your vibes are immaculate the days you do have people go into the office they're like yeah we allow dogs bring your dogs we have like you know we have beer on site for some reason like there's just like a stocked bar um, so you don't even have to come in, but if you want to, like, you can bring your dogs, you can bring your kids, you can bring your uncle. I don't know. <laughs> like those are the real benefits. Like, don't give me, don't give me this shit. It was like, oh, we have a fruit basket and we have a pool table. That I don't know. Those are not benefits. If you were signing on with a company, what would be true benefits for you to work with that? Like work for them? You'd have to give me like an insane paycheck. I think that's pretty much it. Like it would have yeah. to be like a ridiculous Fair. amount of money. And also... Yeah, maybe just that, but also like maybe some flexibility because also I could be getting paid like $200,000 a year, but if I don't have time to do anything with it, what's the point? Exactly. For me, it would probably be um, 
I love that a lot of companies are actually offering mental health professionals like that. They say like, okay, you, we have a, th a, a psychotherapist that you can actually have access to and can have some sessions with. I love things like that. Or what I think is a huge benefit is if they cover part or your whole like gym bill when you actually oh, yeah. have gym access, that is such a, that is such a benefit because When you have people who are mentally fit, who are then also physically fit, they will work better. And no matter what part of the corporate you are in, this is, this is just facts. If you care for your body and for your mind, you will have people who are less burned out. But that's another thing. For a lot of companies, they don't want to take that money and invest it in exactly, exactly these things. I think that also plays into why a lot of us Gen Z and millennials are saying, okay, fuck that. I might as well just work for myself because then I can decide how many vacation days I have. That's another thing. Vacation days. That for me is also a huge benefit. I know there are some companies who say, um, I personally have never worked for um, a company like that, but there are companies that say, hey, we don't have vacation days. You just take vacation whenever you want. Uh. Yeah. And basically just like, and they, they did this project and it turns out that people are actually more productive and they take less vacation, which is, which is wild, but it's still, everything gets done. So I think they, the four day work week, I mean, as, a, as someone who's self-employed, that's like, I can give myself a four day work week, but let's be honest. Um, as yeah, having your own business, you work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Shall we get into that? Because you said it earlier. You're like, okay, a lot of people think like when you do your own thing, it's like all sunshine and rainbows because you work for yourself, but it comes with a lot of yeah, difficult. It is a little crazy. I mean, obviously I wouldn't say I own a business. I guess, I don't know how I mean, you identify that. I mean, I am opening up like some legal stuff for like tax reasons and whatnot. So I guess like technically you could say that. Everyone who like yeah. creates content and whatnot I mean, like, is a business. Yeah, but yeah, you are. You are. Your, you are a brand. Like, let's be honest. Like, you are, and like, you have a following. You have, and I feel like having working for yourself also means like TikTok is not something that you do like once every blue moon. It's something yeah, it's, where you constantly create. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, I, oh yeah, how do you do that? Do you oh, have like certain? I have a crazy process for how I go about this. I feel like I've never shared this process before. Um, this is the first guys behind the scenes <laughs> process for how this comes to be. because it's wild and crazy. And this is why I say, I think I may, vaguely made a story post about this the other day. The only yeah. things I could take off if I wanted to would be like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So I schedule everything Monday, Tuesdays because the most internet and uh, like activity happens between Thursdays and Saturdays and sometimes trickles over onto Sundays. Um, yeah. and also like Which makes so much sense. But also the Golden Globes, for example, that totally passed me by. I saw a video the next day. And I was like, oh, the Golden Globes were yesterday. Interesting. And I didn't know they the were happening until I saw that no. video at like midnight of someone mentioning that he tanked. And I was like, I got to go see how bad the tank was. And I was like, this is just bad enough for it to be great. Uh, But wait, did you also see, did you then see the, uh, the, the re reference that Chelsea Handler at the Critics' Choice Awards did on him? Because she used to date him. And are basically, they, together? One, they kept, people kept commenting, isn't this Chelsea Handler's like boyfriend or husband that. or something in my I think comments? ex-boyfriend and ba I think ex-boyfriend I read and so basically what they said I know right <laughs> get out of there yeah, so, yes and the joke that she made was basically um yeah so I'm glad you're laughing because these are the ones my writers wrote and it's like 
Yeah, exactly. She's like, she just like, and everyone's like, she's so real for that. I mean, she got her fair share of, of, um, of, Critic criticism as well in the recent years, but yeah, I mean, she is funny you know, though. She does she some is funny stuff. Funny. Her, I loved her late night show. Like uh, she was that, that was in that her was prime. Jokes. It was good. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you know there are ups and downs with every celebrity. Have you seen but um, Ta- yeah. Daniel Tosh's like rebrand recently? It's no. I keep seeing clips of his podcast on my For You page and I can't say anything about it because I'm like, I know people hate him, right? And because he had all those years of like controversy and just like n- inappropriate jokes that we all watched, okay? Mm-hmm. We all watched Tosh.0. Don't pretend you yeah. were better than the rest of us. It was a nope. it was a worse <laughs> time in history. I won't say it's a different time. It was a worse time. However, it was the worst time he has this podcast now and every time I see a clip, I'm like, why am I agreeing with everything? Like, why is he, why is he so based right now? Like everything he keeps saying, he made a video, like kind of like talking about how he's not a Swifty, but like people need to kind of leave her alone. Like he keeps releasing like this rebranded, whatever, where I'm like, no, everything he says, I'm now agreeing with and I'm scared. Okay. So now I do have to, I know I do have to listen. What is it called? I don't know. But if you look up like Daniel Tosh and I think I found some, I think I had some snippets on my, on my for you page at some point for sure. And I I think I had the same, I had the same realization where I was like, that is. Am I starting to stand Daniel Tosh? Like I'm worried. I was like, "Hmm, okay. But yeah, you're right. Like everyone watched it and everyone who says they didn't liars. Um, what would you say? Because we're in this all like, I mean, you obviously love doing what you do and this is working for yourself. You're a content creator. You are working for yourself. What would you say are the benefits of working for yourself and the perks of being your own boss, but also maybe the downsides? I think the benefits is kind of, I want to say like doing whatever you want, but obviously it's not at all whatever you want. It has to be very on trend, very on theme, whatever is trending. But kind of like in a sense that after this podcast, I'm going to get up and go get some coffee, maybe like wander around Target again for a second and then come back and do the rest of my work for like today because I do have a lot of stuff to do. However, I can procrastinate it to do it like till later. Um, So it's kind of like in a sense of your free time, you can do whatever you want with, you know, consequent natural consequences of that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> on the other hand it is like the negative would be you can do what any of you want but whatever could happen um at any point everything could collapse but i think that applies to regular jobs as well like at yeah. any point you could just get fired so that's how i kind of trade off like you there's no job stability in anything no um, not anymore at least yeah and then the negatives would be like yeah, sometimes I have to get out of bed at 2 a.m. when like some Taylor Swift lore drops and I have to like sit for like two hours and film it. Yeah. And then I have to set another alarm to launch it at 9 a.m. So I got three hours of sleep that night, but it's fine because I'll just take a two hour nap in the middle of the day and get back to work. I, after. <laughs> I, commend, I commend you for that because I, I sometimes I'm like, that couldn't be me. Like I, I have, I'm an, are you an early bird or a night owl? I naturally will stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. every night. <sighs> And then my best friend too. Yeah, I'll set an alarm usually most days like ten thirty to get up yeah. and get going. Um, I'm exactly the opposite. Like I, I turn like sometimes I record a podcast, like the intro to a podcast, a little bit later in the day. But usually I'm up like I'm naturally up at seven, which is wild. I just to me, wish but... that I could do that. <sighs> oh, it'd be so nice. Yeah. 
But it's like, I mean, but it's also unfair because coming back to the topic, like, what if you're not a corporate baddie? It's like, this doesn't work for everyone. This, this, this working lifestyle. Also, who came up with the idea to start school at like, what, seven, eight in the morning? Like kids need their sleep, especially like teenagers. Like this is, and that's the same with working. I thought like, about this everyone. once and I almost did a whole video on this and I think I will someday, but do it. this is my thought. Um, Cause I was like, this is such like a clickbait title, but so true. Like it's almost as if like, college and that period of life which is ironically necessary to get like jobs nowadays is also Mm -hmm. the biggest threat to capitalism because when you're younger you're in this mold of the 7 a.m till 4 p.m mindset and then suddenly Mm -hmm. in college they kick you out the door and they teach you like essentially like socialism values of being like well just plan your day figure it out you know time is your own but you guys schedule it all (laughs) right so you get used to like what they don't tell you is kind of like this almost like socialism, like, you know, whatever freedom hippie mindset, as they would say. Um, And you get used to it and then you graduate and they're like, okay, back to it now. And you're like, no, like you just deprogrammed me from that. And now you want me to go back into it, which is why I think it's funny that a lot of people who get the most upset on my videos are like people who Mm -hmm. just went like straight into things after high school or whatever. And they're like, stop crying. And I'm like, I'm you, not crying. You never, yeah, you were never yeah, shown the light of what life could be. You were just sent straight <laughs> through the pipeline. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I see this with with yeah, I see this with a lot of my friends as well. The the ones who went to college, but even in college, like of course, like we had our jobs and all of that. But I you should drop that video. Do you get a lot of hate on your videos? Like, do you have like real like shit storms? Oh, so much. Oh, so much how do you hate. deal with that? Um, it is extremely difficult. I won't lie. I am starting to come to the point where I just like need to read comments less. And I receive so many comments on a daily basis, which is like a good thing where like, I almost can't see them all. There's just too yeah. many. So I'm like, I've reached like, luckily almost a precipice point where it like protects me from myself. Good. But yeah. I, and it's hard to say, cause again, like it's 95% positive and then just like 5% hate. And you let that hate weigh on you so much. Cause like yeah. people pleaser, like I don't ever want to upset people, but also if you're an asshole, like go rotten hell. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I have started setting personal boundaries of being like, you just need Good. to let the echo chambers echo in their hate and like roll it off. But it does like weigh on you after a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I have this with, um, with a bunch of my clients, um, and whether they're in the public eye or not, um, it's, it's something we then have such a hyper focus on those negative comments because of course, like we want to be liked and what happens when those people, like we want to, we try to not by mentioning or by like responding to them, but kind of like, we want to, to show them like, no, like, trust me, like I have an idea of this, like, and like, like me, because what happens if they don't like me? Is it going to get worse? And so I think it's, it's a good thing what you're doing, not looking at those comments and really just, you know, it, especially if it's people who have, who don't have a profile picture, no picture, no, no picture, no, yeah, I made no a new rule where like if, and this is on Instagram, cause I received like the most amount of strange, like random, like 
odd men to hate on Instagram. So weird because you would think anyways. And it's and so my new rule is like, if you don't have your full name on your account, and you're not willing to back up like what you're saying and the hateful ideologies you're spewing, then you don't really believe them because inside you kind of know they're wrong and you're scared to say them. Yeah. And so I'm just going to erase your comment and hit you on like restricted. So you can watch my stuff all you want. You just can't comment on it anymore. And I think TikTok needs to implement a restrict. Because I block everyone. Like my block list is probably like the size of my following list. Just just based (laughs) off of like, yeah, just like men getting angry that women have access to technology. Um, Oh, no. Such a shame. (laughs) Did you get that radiator <laughs> fixed? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, did, did you get a job yet? Yeah. No. Oh, how old were you again? But it's like, it's always that. But it's, ah, oh, it's, it, but it's so easy, right? It's so easy to, to blame that on that. But on, um, I, I sometimes also try to think of the fact that people who hate on other people's whatever, it's just the major reflection of how they feel about themselves. And so I try to not take it personally, whatever it is. Like, um, I mean, I've talked about this with, with my friends a lot where it's like, wait, it's a lot about comparing yourself. Or I had this recently with a client where she's like, my family, the whole first thing they always talk about is if someone's thin or, or big, like if Don't someone's thin started. or uh, Yeah. And so it's always that. And then the whole conversation of because she um, went down with her hours as well in her in her main job because she wanted to do, do more with like her passion, which is dancing. And so basically she her family also doesn't understand it. So I feel like that is also a pressure that is on Gen Z and millennials. Gen Z m- probably has grown into just like because you were watching us, because you saw that what we were doing, it's not working. Like we are not staying in those jobs. And I feel like we have seen with our parents, like in our parents' generation, it's just objectively and factually, uh, it was easier to make a living. It was easier to buy a house and it was easier just to, you know, and and to say that now we're just being lazy and we're hard to work with. That's just not a fact. But yeah, it's 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 a lot and not to to get. And sometimes I'm going to be totally honest here. Sometimes I think, should I go back to a nine to five? Would that be easier? Because then I have a st- stable paycheck. Oh, yeah, but then again, the I, right? You it's, wonder. It, I think the grass is always greener situation on that though as well. Got to talk yourself out of it. What if someone wants to work for a company? So right now could not be me. Like even if I sometimes have these intrusive thoughts where it's like, <laughs> would it be more stable? Would it make my mom happy if I just had like a stable job and a stable income again? Would she worry less? And then again, I'm like, uh, no, no. <laughs> I, literally my body is rebelling against it and I'm like no I will figure it out I've always figured it out and um but what if someone wants to work for a company because they need the stability and the dependability on a paycheck like I mean yeah if you want to work for a company you're in the majority of a lot of people and that's totally fine like the world is literally built for you I don't feel bad for those people I wish I think we all wish we could be them and just want to fit that mold. There's nothing wrong with that. That question almost reminds me of that video of that girl that went viral who was like, I'm not a feminist. Like I, you know, insert, did you see that? 
she like it's just a girl and her friends walking around obviously like full of misogyny their whole page is misogynistic as hell and it's like i'm not a feminist i allow men to open doors for me i'm not a feminist i know how to cook food like i'm not a feminist like i want to be a stay-at-home mom and of course everyone's stitching her being like hey bestie like i don't think you understand what feminism is like you're allowed to do both Uh, like it's the uh, so like when people are like what if i want to work in corporate yeah like having more options for people doesn't mean you don't get to be in corporate it just means that like other people have options too yeah (laughs) yeah like the same thing And then not beat people up because they don't want to work in corporate and question like, oh, but isn't it? I hate the questions. I hated the questions at the beginning always where it's like, oh, but it's so unsafe being self-employed. Like, what if you can't get any money? I'm like, what if you get fired? So literally, but the feminism part of this part, I love that because whenever I have this thing, um, I love to talk with when I go on dates, I just ask as a random question, I just ask the guys, I'm like, so would you consider yourself a feminist? And I just ask it like a nonchalant, like, off the side like question and watch them squirm it's so funny because they think then in that moment they're like um, 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 um i mean like i'm like hey like what what does feminism mean for to yeah. you and he's like yeah well that um women and men are equal i'm just like yeah that's the first step yeah that's yeah, honestly cool. almost <laughs> close enough at this point sadly yeah. uh, and then <laughs> but you know what but you know what i also told them like what i then sent and say to them is like you know what and it's it's also that it's not that women are then better than men and that women should yeah. rule the world. It's like about equality and that we don't have that right now. And then also thinking about the fact that it's not about getting women out of the kitchen into the workplace and like every woman has to work now. No, it's about the choice that we even have a choice what we want to do. And as you said, exactly the same choice. Do I want to work for a corporate? Can I identify with them? Is it maybe just because I want the money and I, and I really don't have a problem with going nine to five, doing my thing, goodbye. So, or, you know, do I want to work for myself? Do I want to hustle and do my, my own shit? And I feel like that's, it's, we're at this precipice of people wanting to convince people either to go into corporate or the other way around that there are a lot of people who want to convince other people to go solo and do their own thing. Yeah. I think it's do whatever, but stop like scaring people away from not being in corporate. Cause I remember one of my last jobs, like a few jobs ago, they were very like, they made you fear for your life. If you left that company, even like they were so like culty, they were like people like, you can never come like, even if you left their company, they were like weird about it. I was like, this is a cult. Like, this is definitely a cult at this point. But I'm like, it's that same energy where they're like, you'll never make it. And what like, I don't know, maybe just like wish your employees the best. I don't know. Yeah. I heard from like, thankfully, my uh, last employer there said, they said to me, like, whenever you want to come back, just come back. (laughs) They're like, like, if it like, we wish you all the best, like, you're going to do great. But like, if you at some point want to come back, just come back. And I think that is, that is great. And that shows like, who is a good employer and who isn't. If you're playing with fear. And if it's like, you know, staying that's that's people should like, want to stay <laughs> yeah this is not a like a dictatorship like oh seriously i could talk for hours about this but um i wanted to ask you how would you say someone knows if they're a corporate person or if they want to do their own thing were there certain moments where you thought okay this is like a surefire sign that i should do something for myself I think it was like mostly accidental on my part like I just kind of yeah. like accidentally stumble into everything that's ever happened in my life 
um, <laughs> which is just kind of how life happens. I feel like it just happens in instants and accidents in which you like reroute your path. But yeah. I definitely like was on that path for a while and it just, I mean, it just wasn't working out. And then I was stuck at that job I hated and I was like, okay, I got to find a new job, but I couldn't find that job in that industry I wanted. So yeah. I was like, well, what do I do if I can never get into that industry? Like realistically. Yeah. And so I had to figure out, yeah, answer that question. And it just kind of led me to here. Yeah. And who knows where it'll lead me next week or next year. But oh, but that's the fun of it. But how I found out that I had to change something, I had to be really honest with myself. But I think it was the point where at some stage I was just every evening I was I was exhausted after work. Like I would I would go to my job, I would come home, I would be exhausted. I would just spend hours and hours at home. I would not do anything anymore. The amount of times I either cried in the bathroom or cried on my couch. And I was like, but at the same time I was still had this need for the validation of this, yeah, but I'm good at my job. And and then there was also the question of what a, what am I going to do if I don't do this? Like, can I even do something different, less something else? And then it's always the question of the money. And let's be honest, we live in a capitalistic society. We always have to think everything costs money. So, and I think the point where I realized that it wasn't it was like, I, I asked myself, I was like, is this it? I literally had this question in my mind. It's like, is this it? And if you never had this question in your mind when it comes to your job, then hey, yes, you are a corporate baddie and good yeah. job. I like love, if you're you have, it. you're doing it exactly. And as you said, like the the system works for you. That is incredible. Use it. Use that to your advantage. And if you're listening and you're you're thinking, now that's not me. I'm like I'm literally slaving away at my job, but I don't know how to get out of there. Like that is your first instance to go deeper and find out like start playing with it what what do you like what are you good at maybe you do go talk to someone with like a mentor or a coach or whoever and just figure this out because i feel like a lot of times we think we have to do it all by ourselves and then we run into this and yeah basically we run into walls and we're like yeah but how am i going to find this out and there are people there who can help you just bring some clarity into your mental space. I know this because I also work with coaches and it's great because they reflect me and they're telling me like, so Elena, does that sound helpful or unhelpful? Is this healthy what you're doing? Productive thought or unproductive? Exactly. Okay, Andra, last question. What is your advice to Gen Z who feel torn, not knowing where to fit in into this working climate in this job market? At the end of the day, especially considering everything that's happening in the world and how hard things are, just go with the flow. See what you get. Take the first thing you get and run with it. And if you hate it, start looking for something else and just keep, you know, I think there's a lot of shame in job hopping and like recruiters will be like, they were at this job for only a year or whatever. And I don't, I think that's stupid because you yeah. know what? You can figure out what you like. And if you don't like it, then leave and yeah. I think that's almost like, it's impressive if you can manage to get multiple jobs in the span of like five years, if anything, in this economy. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, just don't be afraid to just keep going until you find something that you enjoy because you'll find it eventually. But on the way, yeah. you're going to find about a thousand things you hate. Uh exactly. <laughs> yeah. And also here comes a little tip I learned from TikTok. Um, if you have a break in your CV between jobs... You can, in an interview, you can just say you signed an NDA. 
They cannot ask you anything about it. Oh, they cannot nice. even ask you who that was with. It's an NDA. And I signed an I signed a lot of NDAs in my in my previous job. Never I can never talk about it. So yeah, that's yeah, a little hack. Know. Just lie. Yeah, I did hurt. You know hurt what? Hurt. Job postings <laughs> lie all the time. So I think it's okay to fluff. No, facts. I love that advice. And I think my last advice would be to not take everything so seriously. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's like it's it's life and it's it's meant to be enjoyable. And a lot of times our thoughts make it not enjoyable. And yeah, and we are just our own worst enemies. So that's just some food for thought. Andra, before we finish off this episode, I always ask my guests what they are asking for a friend. So officially, what are you asking for a friend right now? Controversial question, maybe. Because like three of my exes got engaged this year and I thought this was funny. This was a funny, this was a joke on record that I made at dinner. I went, if he, if he's engaged now, am I allowed to hit up his best friend? I always had better chemistry with anyways. (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) I'm just asking for a friend, especially if he, I don't. Yeah. If he ended things, maybe he didn't end things. Maybe you end, but he's moved on. He's engaged. He's with the love of his life. Yeah. Fair. Fair game. So, yeah. I would say. Girl code doesn't no. apply across the lines. Okay. No. I don't have any loyalties there. No, exactly. No, you're, uh, you're um, operating on a girl code, not yeah, guy code. I and, and I don't adhere to those laws. I don't even believe right. that those laws really exist. No. <laughs> Did you watch the MTV there. show? Did you watch the MTV show back in the day? Girl code? Girl code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guy code. Oh my God. Best thing ever. It's yes. so funny. All right. Andrew, thank you so much for being here today, for having had this incredible conversation. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for and- having me. It was super fun. I loved it. Call me back anytime. I have oh, thoughts I on everything and anything. Uh, love. Even if people don't need to hear them, I'm going to share them. <laughs> no, we're going to keep that in mind for sure. Um, Andra. Yes. Where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me on TikTok, of course, or Instagram and hopefully now YouTube. I have a few things up. Um, most of the handles are the same. Hope you find your dad. Uh, except for Instagram is just my first and last name, Andrew Berghoff. You type either of those into either, it'll probably come up. <laughs> yeah, we are also going to put those into the show notes so everyone can find you. Thank you again for being here. And now it's up to you guys. What are you asking for, a friend? Let us answer the big and small questions you have that you are maybe too afraid to ask. And yeah, send them in. You can put them on Spotify in the question box below, or you send them to me at Elena Megan on instagram and i see you next week next tuesday so guys see you next week bye